Hey, Harmony, what do you have there? Well, it looks like a Frisbee. I've never seen anything like it, and it doesn't look like a Frisbee. It's round, flat, has grooves, a hole in the middle, and it has a sticker that says Elvis Double Trouble on it, and a bunch of songs listed. Who's Elvis? The only way to really prove that it's a Frisbee is to throw it. Mom's going to be really mad. Not only is her precious vase shattered, but the Elvis is totally destroyed. Harmony, I think I know what that Elvis thing was. I remember Dad talking about vinyl and records. Flat objects that when placed on machines that spun around with a needle, it actually played music. Isn't that weird? Also, that some of these objects are worth a lot of money. Do you think that Elvis thing was worth a lot of money? Let me Google this. Here we go. Let's call Vinyl Record Dude. He looks like some sort of flat object superhero. It says that he specializes in these things called records. He buys and sells them and has hundreds of thousands in stock and is always on the hunt for the ultimate collection. He's our guy. Go to www.vinylrecorddude.com. What was that again? www.vinylrecorddude.com. Thanks, Vinyl Record Dude. We may not be in double trouble after all. Thanks, Vinyl Record Dude. Hi, this is Jaden Scoville, host of Today's Healthy Kids. And this is our Future is Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 18-year-old Esmit and 15-year-old Domingo Sanchez-Gonzalez, both Hispanic. They went missing from their hometown of Lewisburg, North Carolina, August 8, 2008. Esmit is 5 foot tall, weighing 140 pounds, black hair and brown eyes. Domingo is 4 foot 4 inches tall and weighing 130 pounds. This appears to be a family abduction and may be in the company of their father and may have traveled to Mexico. Domingo has a scar on his left knee. If you know of Esmit or Domingo's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Esmit and Domingo, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. You will see Esmit's picture progressed to 18 years and Domingo's picture age progressed to 14 years. Thank you. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids. Real Talk Radio. Do you sometimes feel that there's nobody to talk to about the things you need to talk about? Well, look no further. Welcome to the Paper Hope Street Team on the Voice America Kids channel. Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the rest of the Paper Hope Street Team are here to discuss the topics you've been asking about. Now, here's the Paper Hope Street Team. Kids Network, my name is Erica, and you're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Yay! Um, This week, we have a full house, so Yvonne's over here yawning into the microphone. (laughs) We're all kind of tired. (laughs) And we have JC with us. Hey, guys. And Joria. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry if we're a little tired today. We're all sluggish. It's nap time. time. But I'll do my best to remain excited because our topic is really good. And I'm excited about it. Um, so, our topic this week is fear. And we have two different concepts to introduce. And they kind of clash, but um, I think they mesh also in a very interesting way. So... I guess we can start out by talking about fear, like what it is, and we broke it down by saying there are two ty- types of fear, which are rational fears and irrational fears. So, um, yeah, fears suck. I don't like being scared, but it can be a good thing. Which could is, be helpful, yeah. Yeah, you should remember that for later. But, um, so some rational fears, if you guys want to list some of them. The fear of rejection? Like, not being able, like, the most, that, like... That's an irrational fear. Oh, did we say rational? Yeah. 
We can go with irrational ones. Let's talk about irrational fears. It's just easier to list irrational than rational. <laughs> yeah. There's we, not much reason to be We figured that fearful. out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, rejection is definitely a big one. Anyone else? Failure. Failure is a big one. I, I don't want to fail. That's scary. Being judged. Judge, yeah. Judgment being judged or, or judgment. I guess yeah. being judged is a better way to put it. The fear of success is pretty big. Yeah, especially at this yeah. age. It's very strange when you encounter success. Pulls you down. Fear of being, le- like, abandoned or, like, yeah. Abandonment's a big one. So, um, we'll talk about why these are irrational, but first we'll talk about rational fears, which are things like um, self-preservation, like, being scared for, you know, being in a situation that's being scared to self-preserve is not the case. Like not taking candy from yeah, strangers. Yeah, like that's self-preservation. Like that. That's a fear that we have. Um, fear of the unknown is kind of rational. So half in, in half most, out. In, yeah, we have some like borderline ones. It's situational. Um, trust is one of them. And um, like the fear of not being in control. Um so basically the last three I listed, we decided are kind of situational because it really depends on the situation, which we'll talk about. Um, but the reason these are rational and irrational, does anyone want to elaborate on them? The, like you mean like why they are irrational? Yeah, why, why are we saying that the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, judgment, and fear of success, all those things, why do we say that they're irrational fears? Because it can hold you back from living your own life if you're if you have a fear of success like how are you ever supposed to build go up like the whole american dream is to go up in class um and by class i mean like middle class upper class things like that and so if you're in the middle class and you're afraid of success how are you ever going to get to the point where you're getting to that upper class to where you're furthering your future and your income and your family and any sense of whatever success part yeah, yeah you're doing so how can you move up if you're holding yourself back or like um fear of rejection like it can keep you from being in relationships yeah or um fear of i i forget we were oh fear of trusting people along the lines with fear of rejection like if uh, i guess jc could elaborate on this one for us but when you um when you're scared of like being in a relationship because you've been hurt before or scared of trusting a friend because you've been stabbed in the back quote unquote before by someone um the fear of like failure and the fear of judgment almost kind of go hand in hand because if you're afraid to take the step to do something then you're you're afraid of the, you're afraid of the failure but that step could do something but I know like in my situation I'm afraid of the failure but I'm also afraid of what people are going to think about me if I if do you, that and so I don't let myself do it because I don't want people to think negative about me. I think the biggest me. thing about fear altogether is that all fear will definitely paralyze you if you're feel fearful of something you'll be um paralyzed you won't be moving forward and things like that and I think a big thing that we're going to discuss later is how can you mobilize you after you've been paralyzed from the fear so like fear when you trust someone or the fear of trusting is you don't trust other people and like the fear of rejection is you're so scared of rejection that you're not going to go out and go do things because you're so scared of rejection so that kind of paralyzes you from that situation yeah it paralyzes you literally and figuratively if we're talking about rational and irrational fears for instance, like self-preservation type fears. If you're scared of like being in a situation and you know your intuition is like telling you, oh my gosh, you need to get out of here, then you can definitely like literally be paralyzed by fear. Um, so we have a ton of examples and we've kind of been going over them. Um, so like fear of you, well, you have a, you know, a trust issue. Um, so fear of trusting other people, so it prevents you from getting into new relationships, or um, fear of being rejected by the person you like. Um, if you're, say, like asking some, this one goes for boys, I think a lot, well, at least I think of, because we were talking about how boys are the initiators most of the time. Um, so like if a boy wants to ask a girl to like homecoming dance, that's relevant. <laughs> if a boy wants to ask you to homecoming <laughs> dance, Joria has a homecoming dance night, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, if a boy wanted to ask her a homecoming, and then he was like, oh, my God, she's going to reject me. Then <laughs> I have a perfect, oh, my oh. God, perfect <laughs> example. Sorry, I just thought it was, um, my young adults pastor at my church always tells us this story, but uh, when he was in high school, he had, like, the biggest crush on this girl. He's like, oh, I want to ask her. I don't know if it was to prom or to homecoming. one of the two. He's like, I want to ask her. Um, but he didn't know if it was going to be a yes or a no because, you know, he just liked her, and they had talked, like, 
like fr as friends, but she he didn't know. So he asked a girl that he knew for 100% sure would say yes because she like had the biggest crush on him. And then she he went and like it was all right, but he didn't have that good of a time because he was stuck like with this girl and dancing with her because he didn't because that's who he asked. And then because um, he was too scared, too to ask scared to ask the other, the other girl. And the other girl ended up telling him, "I would have said yes. Like I like you a lot." And he's like, "Really, really?" Funny so. related story. My own boyfriend was scared to ask me to prom when we were dating. What the heck? He thought I would say no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> See, that's kind of like the rational aspect of these fears. It's kind of like the fear of the unknown, how it can be rational and irrational. So um, I was in school, and I had to choose between accounting, if I wanted to major in accounting or if I wanted to go into teaching, so elementary education. And the only reason why um, I wanted to go into teaching is because it's familiar. Like, I've worked with kids my whole life. And the reason why I was scared to go into accounting is because I don't know exactly what it, the routine of accounting is because I've never been it. So therefore, you're unknown, and so you don't put yourself up to a high standard like you could be. But in the same sense, um, if you're in a relationship, and you always pick bad guys. So you're the girl who always falls for the bad boys. So you never really know what it's like to have a good guy. So when it comes to choice to pick between a bad guy and a good guy, you'll go with the bad guy. Because it's that's, familiar. Yeah, it's familiar. That's all you've ever known. When really you're missing out on such a great guy. For, like, fear of rejection comes with fear of disappointment. Or not fear of disappointment. It just comes with disappointment. So you don't, like, I'm when I think of rejection, I don't know why, but I think of, like, like jobs like applying for a job like you're afraid to apply for that job because you're afraid of not getting it because you're not you don't want to be disappointed in yourself like oh i'm not i'm not good enough to do that so you don't even try that way you're kind of like keeping yourself in the dark so you don't really know when really you can do anything you put your mind to do but like, rejection comes and like it happens in life you're gonna get rejected rather be from a boy a job or something but it builds you as well because yeah it shows you what areas of your life maybe that you could work on or if a guy rejects his, rejects you who cares like yeah there's like a billion other guys out there I think so <laughs> and once you truly get over your fears like it makes such a huge difference so an example if you are one of those girls that always go for the bad guys you know be a little bit more vulnerable to a nice guy and see where it takes you personally in my life that's recently what I did and let me tell you girls like I couldn't be any happier so <laughs> try to push towards um, letting go of your fear and moving forward and being mobilized again. Yeah. On the on the topic of jobs and stuff, um, I think that everyone can relate to this, especially right now, like being a teenager, trying to get a job in this. I, I remember between the ages of 16 and, oh, I don't know, recently. Mm -hmm. What am I, pretty old now? Um, okay. <laughs> okay. A couple of years. Um Ever since I've been able to have a job, everyone's, you know, it's we've had a bad market for jobs oh, and stuff. Yeah. It's really hard. It's hard enough for my friend's parents to get jobs. And, like, most of that's because they're overqualified for the type of jobs that I'm applying for. But at the same time, it's still there's a lot of competition and there's very few jobs. So it's really, really hard. And I can't tell you how many times I've been just discouraged from even looking anymore because I've applied so many places and, you know, no one even gives you an interview. It's like, oh my gosh, why am I even trying anymore? No one's going to hire me. But then, like for me, I, that's what I did. I applied, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you, I applied like at least once a week at like 20 different places online, like sending in my resume that I just made up randomly. And then <laughs> they just Don't never get, like I never got anything and I just gave up and I was like, whatever. And then like two weeks later, JC got a job and she's like, oh, they're still hiring. Like, uh, she's like, send in your resume. So I sent my resume in and I got a job and it's not like a, like a job at McDonald's where I'm making food and serving people. I'm, but I'm still serving people. It's part of my career. I'm a preschool first grade aftercare teacher but I work with the preschool during the day and that's what I'm going into so it's also I'm getting paid basically to like get experience. intern to what I'm doing in the future it's yeah. awesome like patience can come with rejection and better opportunities but for now let's take a break I'm Yvonne Allen keep it right here you're listening to Voice America Kids Cranking out opinions. Fresh opinions right here on Voice America Kids. If a rash develops while listening, do not discontinue use. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the Paper Hope Street Team. I'm Erica, and we have a full set today, so yay. Um, And we're talking about fear, and now that we've kind of brushed over what we're talking about today, um, like our two concepts of fear, I like our little show title, which is uh, Fear is a Gift and a Liar. So right now we're talking about how fear is a liar, when you specifically with irrational fears that we have, and we're not talking about just things like being scared of bugs and spiders, because, I mean... Sometimes it's irrational, but sometimes it's rational because sometimes those bugs are poisonous. But anyways, you're afraid of an ant? Like, come on. Yeah. Hey, fire ants are. How big is that ant? How big is your foot? Like, (laughs) you can kill it. (laughs) So irrational fears. (laughs) Irrational fears like failure, rejection, um, being afraid of abandonment or judgment or being judged. Mostly, Um, they like demean your worth. They bring you down, make you not want to do certain things in your life. Yeah. So fear. Fear's a liar because it's it's put, putting you, these pretenses in your head that you can't do these things. Like you, you're scared of failure, so you can't have success, or you're scared of rejection. You you won't be able. Like nobody's gonna like you. Fear of being judged. Being right. judged. Same thing. Fear of abandonment. That uh, someone's gonna break your trust. Someone's gonna leave you. Someone like all of these things, and they come up for. We all have these fears for very reasonable reasons. Um. But at the same time, we while we realize that they they are relevant and sometimes we can't help but have them and everybody has them, or one or more at least, um, at the same time, it takes time to get over, but you really, we want to help you guys make a conscious effort to get over them. Um, so I guess the next thing we'll do is how do... How do you deal with or get over fears like this when you have them? Irrational fears. Kind of do an out-of-body experience type of thing. Like, to put yourself back, it. like, in, into a time where you're not actually like, facing that thing. Like, where you're not actually in a moment of having to trust somebody or, have, or being in that moment of rejection. Take yourself aside at a time where that's not permanent. And I don't even know if that's the word, the right word. Anyways. And just kind of look at the situation, like, why? Why do you have the trust issues? Like, like for me, because I have, like, oh, my gosh, I have trust issues out the butt. Like, it's from when I was little, though, because I have, like, being abandoned and, like, the way I was treated with my biological father and everything. So I have trust issues trusting anyone because everyone's always lied to me. Like, and so I'll trust yeah. you until you, like, lie. And you could lie about, like... Where you are. Where, yeah, perfect example, like, saying, oh, I'm at home when really you're at homecoming or something. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to, me a, happened to me a few weeks ago and I wasn't like putting that out to you but that happened to me a few weeks ago and now I don't trust that person anymore and it's just like it's and that's stupid I think like being able to see it from like yes, an objective point of exactly. view exactly and so easier. it's hard for me but I kind of have to take myself back and like work through it and especially like whatever person that happens to like I have to have a conversation with them because they have to know that I do have the trust issues and try to and they broke your trust yeah and that they need to and so it hurt me but it's not necessarily like so i had to like oh i never trust you again but i've gotten a lot better at it because i used to be like don't ever talk to me and i think that's so very important because 
um, fear will make you in a certain way because everybody has fears. Everybody's been abandoned. Everybody's been lied to or used or abused or something like that. So everybody has a fear, but there comes a point in your life where you have to make the choice. Am I going to live in fear or am I going to grow? Am I going to be a better person? Am I going to grow my character? Am I going to work through this or am I going to constantly let the fear dictate my life? Perfect example. Wow. We should just have my young adults pass around the show because this is where I'm getting like all this stuff from. <laughs> he told me that like, like when you're little, you put up like poles not literally but like you put up poles in your life where something's happened to you where you block it out like he used um he used to spill everything like everything he had like if it was on the table boom oh, I, just hit, like, <laughs> I almost spilled my own drink just she now. almost spilled things for real <laughs> he just like hits it and it like like he would not even on purpose but one time he spilled like milk or something and his brother just ripped him apart which is like you are so stupid you just do everything wrong and just tore at him and at that point in his life he's like i will never mess up ever again and so when he does he like really made himself feel bad about it so it becomes something that he's afraid of like he's afraid to spill something you know because it takes us you back yeah. to that very first instance it's how that, fearful you felt that moment that you felt and so that's like something that you kind of have to dissect where it originally came from face face that head on Realize and then the fear in the situation exactly take the pole out and try to start over in there yeah I think it's really important too to see like the entire situation some of my teachers will talk about seeing things through a wide lens um so um recognize like all the aspects of your life that that fear is affecting you and so maybe it's not just going back to that example he's not just afraid of like when he's at the dinner table he's gonna spill his drink (laughs) or when he's at a restaurant on a date like that's that's spilling (laughs) pun there spilling over into (laughs) i'm so funny (laughs) (laughs) all the other aspects of his life like uh probably like his success like as he got older in school like he probably was like i can't mess up i can't mess up i mean i can i can relate to that and i'm sure you know everything everything it affects all different kinds of um, situations in your life that you're in and for a long time I'm sure I'm sure yeah. that's something and that being able to like see all of that is very very important yeah um I, and another thing too it affects your like your loved ones and other people around mm-hmm. you's lives if, if you're always scared for success or something like it may hold you back like I guess um a good example could be like maybe performers um like theater majors dance or something if you're like too scared to have like a lead role or you're too scared to like have a solo whatever it is like you can also impede your team or your your co-workers on that project um and that's just kind of like a a caveat example but at the same time it does affect your all aspects of your life and other people's lives so you have to realize how badly even the little things like spilling your drink can affect you like if you have abandonment issues or trust issues then that affects every relationship not just the relationship you're in with the person who's abandoning you but later on you're never gonna trust anyone fully because you're you have that feel that you're gonna be abandoned and that's gonna affect your whole life and make you isolate yourself yeah it affects all your relationships too with your friends with your you know your relationships like with boyfriends and girlfriends with your family members yeah Yeah. well if you have a fear of success and you not it can affect the fact that like if you see someone else around you going up you pull them back because you're like why are you leaving like why why are you better like why do you have to do that so you're pulling other people down even though, like, because you're too afraid to do what you need to do, you're hurting what It's a lot like um, when you're cooking live crabs and you, when you go to cook them and you watch them and so you, you have them in the pot and the water's boiling and you're watching them die and you'll see one try to crawl out. You know, it's trying to escape. It doesn't want to die. It doesn't want to be eaten. So as it tries to escape, you'll see all of its family members, the other crabs in the pot, grab its leg and yank it back down. Instead of trying to help the crab up and help the crab out of the pot, it'll pull its other teammate out or back down and back into the mess to die. It's it's to kind die. of scary and funny at the same time that crabs do that. But it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. It goes a lot. People do it all the time. Sometimes, especially like she said, she used the example family members. Sometimes family members do this a lot. Um, if you come from a family yeah. that's particularly, you know, riddled with, you know, I guess problems, um... I guess I could use the example of, you know, not graduating in a timely manner or not feeling successful in their education or having other impediments that 
prevent them from edu- like getting an education. education. If you are the the cousin, the sister, the brother, whoever it is that's actually on the right track, sometimes you can get like that that attitude, the sabotage, the well, how come you're you think you're so perfect because you're graduating or you think, you know, you're so great because you're in honors classes and it's Jealousy. it can yeah, and it can really tear you down and prevent you from performing at your best right because now it hurts your spirit so you're scared like oh I'm in honors classes maybe I shouldn't take them although I'm good at them because of what they're gonna say fear of success and that's what like puts in your head that's like your trigger point like oh you can't do it you're not good enough yeah so going over I guess we'll sum up really quick um our steps to dealing with these kinds of fears so you have to remove yourself from the situation you take a step back and you want to realize that particular fear you're having and in that situation why you're having it um take a look at the situation like we said with a wide lens and realize all the aspects of your life and other people's lives around you that matter to you that this fear of yours is affecting then our key point here is realize that you have a choice. You have a choice to let that fear either dominate what you do or to not affect you. So make that choice. Decide if it's worth it to let it overtake your life and all the different aspects of it or decide if it's worth it to put it aside, maybe for the relationship you want to try, if it's trust issues. So then you want to make a conscious effort to separate yourself from that fear um, and make yourself, maybe going back to the relationship, make yourself vulnerable. You know, you got to realize, like Yvonne said, you're, you're probably going to get hurt, whatever it is. You're going to, but you're going to survive and it's going to make you stronger. And eventually it'll feel, it'll probably, in my opinion, I think it would feel better to feel the hurt and then realize that the fear is not what's hurting you. Yeah. That you got over the fear and it's your choice to be vulnerable and give people chances. It'll be more satisfying. We'll continue on here in a minute, but for now, let's take a break. I'm Yvonne Allen. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m., whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the Paper Hope Street Team. Welcome to the program on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Paper Hope Street Team. And today we're talking about fear and how it is both a gift and a liar. And we kind of already went over how fear is a liar in the way that it prevents you from doing things. These irrational fears like failure, rejection, abandonment, even fear of success. But right now we want to move on to fear being a gift. And Tamara always uses this really interesting, I guess it could be a fact, um, and it's that humans are the only animals that sense fear and try to discount it or want to, like, investigate it. Like, we're strange creatures, okay? Instead of, like, like yeah. deers will hear a crack or something in the woods and then just it's take flight. off. Yeah, yeah they it, don't stay for a second. I guess it depends on the species, but fight or flight is, like, the instinct when fear comes around. But we're, like... Let's go check it out. There's, there's like, <laughs> I'm this little girl. I can take on anything. Yeah. Like, that's great. Like, take on the world, but probably take not the six foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> take a knife with you when you take on the world. <laughs> so, um, 
something that I'm, I'm pretty sure we've referenced this book a lot in these shows, but um, it's called The Gift of Fear by Galvin DeBecker, and I'll let Tamara explain it to you guys. Well, Galvin DeBecker is a FBI, or was an FBI profiler, and he's written this book, The Gift of Fear, where he's taken a look at how predators pick their victims and it reads like a CSI novel like it's very intense and I recommend that that all young women read it now it's probably for high school readers and read it with your mom if you want it's extremely helpful because what he's talking about is how the predators will see a victim and how they go about selecting them and in the first story in the book I'll kind of I don't know what they call it a a spoiler I'm going to give you the first story that's in the book he talks about a woman who is bringing her groceries up to her apartment and a man approaches her on the street and says let me help you with these and the woman says no because she senses fear she is prickly all over and she senses that you know this guy's going to do her some harm but the guy persists and she inevitably lets him up the stairwell with her to her apartment. Now, the second point of entry, the man says, let me help you with these into your apartment. Again, prickled with fear, she says, no. He says, no, 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 it'll be all right. I'll just help you in. Well, she lets him into her apartment. And so when they get into the apartment, she's attacked by this man. And at one point, she realizes he's going to kill her. And so she bolts from the apartment and then lives. And in this book, Galvin not only interviews her, but they did eventually catch the perpetrator. He interviews the perpetrator and gets inside the mind of other perpetrators as well. So highly recommend the book. Yeah. So in this book, he's basically explaining how we don't trust our intuition. We, we feel these instincts, these pricklies, and we're like, Oh no, that's I'm just being We're silly. I trust ourselves. Yeah, like you feel paranoia, or but like you associate your fears with that word paranoia, and you're like, oh, I'm just being ridiculous. Right, like this guy's just trying to be nice. You try to put the fear all the way to the back of your head. That way, you're not fearful anymore. So you try to make a situation where you're very afraid okay. But well, where the I don't know where I'm going with this, but like where the chance chance where your where it becomes good that you're not tr- or that you don't trust or whatever, like locking your doors. Let me just like say an example. Like, you lock your doors so people don't break into your house. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a trust issue. Maybe with like your society, like oh, like we have a lot your of like, criminals yeah. or something. You know, so you lock your door. Or even if like you live out in the middle of nowhere, you might want to lock your door because you never know. There is this uh, murder that went around. I just read this on something but he would go up to a door and if it was locked he would take it as okay i'm not welcome here but if it was unlocked he would go in and kill everyone that was in the house and he literally like when he got caught that's what he said was his like if they if the door is unlocked he's like i thought that that meant i was welcome inside and so that fear of just keeping your house safe by locking your door is something that could end up like in those people's case save their lives because they just locked their door yeah so fear being a gift Galvin also talks about in this book about how women are socialized in our society to be demure and sweet and kind and, you know, accommodating. And in the example we talked about earlier, this woman was playing into those societal norms where she was being pleasing and accommodating to this man's request. I just want to put it out there. If you don't read the book, which I highly recommend you do, but if you don't read the book, one thing that Galvin does say is that women need to get accustomed to embracing this thought that, we don't have to be accommodating to every single request. Yeah. That's not our role in life. And it actually could save your life. It's okay to come off a little bit mean. Yeah. And a lot of people try to be sweet and not want to offend the other person. But if you have this fear, like act on your fear. Like your story that you were telling. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I meant Erica's okay, story. Let me like notice. So <laughs> I live on campus at ASU in Tempe, Arizona State University. Um, I live in downtown quote-unquote, Tempe, which is kind of like uptown Tempe. Um, And we have these, quote-unquote, gypsies that travel throughout the Tempe area, especially on Mill Avenue, and I live one block away from Mill. So I'm used, a lot of them have become really familiar to me. They're all faces that I know. I've recognized them, you know, at different points in different locations. And it's always the same thing. They're always asking for money, for food, for whatever it is. And unfortunately, a lot of the times I have to turn them down. But that is not a bad thing because... So I was walking to work. It was probably like 6.30 at night. The sun wasn't even down yet because here in Arizona, we're still sucking summer. Um, (laughs) 
So I was walking, and there was tons of people around, and the bum was sitting on one side of the street on the planter. So I was like, oh, there's tons of people around. You know, I'm okay with walking past him. At night, that would be a different story. I would go to the other side of the street and pull out my pepper spray, just in case. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay, I'll walk past him today. So there was these two guys walking in front of me, um, and they walked past him first, and I could hear, and they're probably 10 feet in front of me, and he's asking them for food. And he, he was like, do you have any money? I can get some food. I'm really hungry. And they were like, no, sorry man and he's like oh okay so then I'm approaching him and he's like excuse me miss and I'm like what <laughs> like just totally like in my own world and he's like do you have any money I could get some food I'm really hungry and I was like oh no sorry I don't so then I turn like not facing him anymore continue to walk and he goes well can I at least have a hug and I turn back to him giving him like if you guys could see my facial expression when I express like oh my gosh I was like are you kidding like okay I'm five feet flat, nothing, <laughs> if I'm lucky, on a good day, with shoes on. So, I am a petite little person. I'm carrying a laptop that is probably the size of my torso, on my torso. I have a purse. I have a smartphone in my hands. I'm like, you really are asking me for a hug when I, no, just no, no. I, I don't know if it's like this whole, if you guys remember, there was this thing that went around a while ago called free hugs. And it was, like, this guy was in the mall, and he was, like, trying to spread, like, like friendliness and, like, make people more open and receptive yeah. towards other people by saying, oh, free hugs, come get your free hugs. And it was, like, super cute and whatnot. But I'm sorry if your bum asking for a free hug, it's not cute, and I'm scared of you. Especially so, at night when you're yeah. alone. Yeah, and, like, I was just so, like, I can't even express to you how dumbfounded I was Walking all the way to the rest, like, my rest of my walk to work, I was just like, w did he really just ask that? Like, I, I can't even fathom it. Like, sorry. <laughs> it's the unpredictability of it, too, yeah. I think, too. Your instinct was already kicking in when you recognized you were looking at the lay of the land. You were assessing your pathway. Yeah, doing these things unconsciously, too. It's just habit. And you saw a potential threat. Mm-hmm. And All I can think of is that, like, scanning, like, everything's just, like, slow motion. That's what like, it feels scanning, like to like, me. It feels like a here's video game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I guess in this example, Galvin would have told you, don't even engage. That's what I did. I didn't even answer him when he asked that. I gave him, I mean, unintentionally, but I'm glad I did. I gave him, like, the most dirty look. I was just like, what? And I just continued to walk. I held my bag closer to me and just walked away so fast. I, I, can't, I can't even remember. It must have took me like three seconds to walk a half a mile to the streetlight. Like, I walked so fast. I got out of there as fast as I could. And if you didn't have that fear, what would have happened? Like, what if you did give him a hug? He could have taken your stuff. He could have hurt you. Me? You're very small. Yeah. you. Yeah, you're <laughs> just like, overpowered yeah, you. You're like so. backpack size. So trust your intuition. I mean, at first I was like, am I a bad person? This bum just wanted a hug. Like, that thought crossed my mind. And then no. I got to work and I I was like, what am I, why am I trying to convince myself that I should have given the bum a hug? What am I doing? You're oh. rationalizing away the fear you felt. I got a good story. Okay, I'll tell it really quick. My mom, <laughs> uh, my mom was driving to work one day and she worked in like a bad area of Arizona and she's at a stoplight and this car comes up behind her and there's, there's three um, like very, very like tall, um, I don't remember like what they looked like, but she just said they were tall, scary looking men. And they just gently, like, rolled their car. They had stopped and then just let the car roll into, like, the back of my mom's car so it wouldn't cause much damage to the car, but enough to where, you know, like, you have to, like, go exchange numbers or whatever. And she looks at them, and it's, she's at a red light, and they're just, like, looking at her, like, eyes bulging, waiting to see, like, you know, if she's going to stop. And she looks at them and then hits the gas and goes right through the red light and, like, just drives. <laughs> and they, like, follow her. And she just drives until she finds a cop, stops, tells the cop what happened and, the, and like when she found the cop they just like kept driving and she explains to the cop what happened and the cop said that's good because a lot of times like especially at that whatever decade that was like a lot of guys were like this like gang or whatever was doing that and then when the woman would get out of the car he'd they'd rape her they'd steal the car they'd kill the woman and so the cop told my mom that was a good choice even though like you're technically supposed to get out of cars like you know when you get car accidents but trusting her intuition she could have been dead like, yeah. because she, she could have become the fear a of, like, something wasn't right is a trust her instinct. So fear is a gift. Fear is a gift. Let's take a break. I'm Yvonne Allen. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. It's almost showtime. Tune into Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Erica, Rio, Yvonne, and the Paper Hope Street Team. Paper Hope Street Team today. <laughs> we're a little frazzled today. Um, today, 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 we're talking about um, fear and how it is both a gift and a liar. And to kind of recap, we've been talking, to, we've already talked about how fear is a liar when it prevents you from doing things like fears of failure, rejection, abandonment. Um, uh, and then sit, there are situational fears that could be rational that can also do the same thing, fear of trust fear of the unknown, you know, maybe not trying new things or trusting, you know, in a new relationship because you've been hurt before. But then there are rational fears like self-preservation or fear of, um, like, not being in control of situations, which are very, very reasonable. Um, That goes along with the other side of trust and things like that. So we were just talking about all these instances where, especially as women, we don't trust our intuition and it makes us victims because we try and talk ourselves out of being, you know, paranoid or whatever it is. We're like, oh, I'm just being silly. Or our friends try and talk us out of it. Because we want to be nice or, like, pleasing to everyone. Yeah. So um, if you guys remember our guest that we had two, three weeks ago at the Microsoft store when we were on location in Scottsdale Fashion Square, um, Natalie Emka, she is from Pretty Feisty, um, and she shared her story with us about how she was at a party, and she it was a bunch of people that she didn't know, and her it was her best friend's party. Um, she had gone to school out of state and then came back to visit, so her best friend had all these people over that she didn't know, and she was like, no, don't worry about it. So she she rationalized that these are all of my best friend's friends so I should be able to trust them and then she actually became a victim because she didn't trust that intuition and she had the prickling the sirens going off Um, and we kind of talked about how there's always the hindsight you realize that all these sirens were going off in your head everything was in your body was telling you something was wrong and then you realize that you didn't listen to any of it you just write it off as like Oh, you're just overreacting. Yeah. Or, but like, really take the time to see if you were, like, maybe you are, but really take the time to, like, evaluate dissect, that. Why like, are yeah. you feeling that fear? Exactly. Like, why do we, sometimes you look back on it and you're like, why did I write that off? Why, why do I do that? Like, if, like, in Natalie's situation, she, uh, she, her drink was spiked, so if, and she felt that, if she would have taken the second to dissect, like, why am I feeling this way, maybe she could have just gotten her own drink, and then the whole thing could have been avoided, because she poured her own drink and knew exactly what was in it. Or just been a little more guarded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or not even gone. Yeah. I think if you speak to her, she'll tell you that she felt like she shouldn't have gone, and she just went anyway. Yeah. I I can speak to that, too, as a young woman, and I want to share this story with you guys, because I think it's really important that if you're feeling this way, that you very, very carefully listen to the instincts that you, that you have. <laughs> it's not our show unless you hit the desk. <laughs> when I was a young woman, I was traveling for work, and I was in New York, and I don't know the city very well. I was staying with a friend of mine and didn't really know what part of town we were in. She took me to a club, and we went dancing, and I met this young man who asked me out on a date. 
I'm in a strange city. I don't know where I'm at, and I don't know this man from anyone. What do you think I did? She's no. Tamara, so she told him no. I said yes. What? This man came, what? This man came to my friend's house that I don't know where it was, picked me up in a car, this man I don't know, and took me on a date to eat dinner, and then proceeded to take me to a hotel. Uh, do you think I went in? Of course yeah. not. No. I went in. I, in my head, I know the faces on everybody's. I'm play some cards or something. <laughs> That's seriously, this is where you think about, like, we're the only animal that rationalizes away something that's so in your face wrong. Uh, no, I went into the hotel. I went up to his room. And in my mind, I kept thinking, I'm just going to say goodnight. I'm going to say goodnight. That's not what happened. Now, the end of the story, fortunately, has a good ending. And I was able to you know, get myself out of this bad situation. In fact, the young man actually drove me home because um, I didn't even write down the address of where my friend lived. Yeah. I had no cell phone back then, no way of contacting her. I was completely an idiot. I think the whole reason we think of this too, if I can reference something my boyfriend and I talked about yesterday, um, you always see in like music videos, we were watching a country music video and it's about like, so you see these two guys cruising in their truck their awesome lifted truck in these back roads in the country. And there's this super hot girl standing next to the lake, like in her swimsuit. First of all, when does a girl ever go to the lake in her swimsuit and just stand there parading herself around by herself? Then they stop, they roll down the window and they're like hollering at her. So then they get out of the truck and she gets in the truck oh, with yeah. them and then they drive off. And we're sitting there and we're like, oh, this is cute. This is cute. And they're like all having a good time. So then they go pick up another girl, some random girl at a gas station. And then they all go to a barn and they're playing cards. And like, it's a cute concept, you know. Oh, we live in the country. We all just, yeah, there's hot girls everywhere. But when does that ever happen? Any part of that? Did, okay, I think it was JC that told me this. I actually happened to her that she was with our other friend, um, Courtney. She's been on the show before. And Courtney was, wanted to help someone that she seen was stranded. And the person got in the car and had a knife on their leg. And she's like, oh, I need to move this. That was the weirdest story ever. So we're sitting at um, Five and Diner. And there's just some random girl. And she keeps looking at me. And I'm not going to lie. I thought she was a lesbian. I was <laughs> like, this girl's checking me out. And then uh, she just comes over. And she's like, hey, my name's Jessica. And I was like, oh, hey. And so she starts talking to us. She's like, so did you guys drive here and get dropped off? And we're like, drove. She's like, oh, can you give me a ride somewhere? And she's like telling us a story about how she went to California. And I'm sitting there. And Courtney was like, yeah, of course. Let me help you. And I'm texting my mom. I was like, mom, Courtney's asking this random girl if we could take her somewhere. So the girl gives us the address. I give my mom the address. And I was like, if you don't hear from me in 30 minutes, call the police. Give them this address. Like, do it. Because I hear crazy stories all the time. I was totally like, like really weird and defensive. And then Courtney wanted me to drive. Courtney didn't want to drive. She's bad at direction, so she asked me to drive. So I was like, okay. So I get the address. I figure out where we're going. And before we get in, the girl's like, oh, I should probably move the knife from my shorts into my pants or into my bag because it's kind of big. And I was like, put it in your bag, put everything in your pockets in the bag, and give the bag to Courtney. To hold it. So yeah. Touch it. I was so freaked out. Yeah. It worked we out. love Courtney to death, but she could be overly nice sometimes in those situations yeah. because that could have, like, the girl could have just, like, killed him, like, straight up. And they dropped her off on a corner, too, not even at the house. Yeah, that's this good. Is, this is what I'm saying. I mean, there are these, especially for women, these stigmas that we're, like, trying to fit, like, the world is full of nice things. Like, girls walk around on the side of the lake and you should get in these nice guys that have this nice <laughs> no. truck, these no. nice little cowboys that want to take you out and play like, cards. Both of those sides. <laughs> No. Like, wrong. like the guy shouldn't have picked up the girl and the girl shouldn't yeah. have gotten in the truck well, like that's that's what i'm saying and like it's a cute story and like it's just a music video but we don't realize that these things are like subconsciously implanted in our heads and it's like oh i should be able to go out and do that no you shouldn't be able to go out and get in some random person's truck especially when there's two boys and one girl don't do that the don't ever know nice. or even like in jc's example like Probably the better solution would have been to say, hey, man, I'm so sorry that you're stranded, but you know what? I can't take you home. Like, if you want to be I really no nice, gas. let me call you a cap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. find an alternative. But, you know, as the mom in the room here, I just want to say, ladies, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if we feel like it's, like, we're obligated, especially if it's we another girl that's, people. like, stranded and we're like, oh, she's an, I'll help her out so she doesn't have to go ask a random guy for a ride. But at the same time, 
You have no, no idea about this switch. building. Bait and switch. Bait switch, you guys. She could have brought you to a room full of, of yeah. crazy men. So my yeah. issue is just like, I, my religion, like, I'm supposed to be nice to each other, but I have to, like, set myself back, like, I'm supposed to be nice, but I'm not supposed to, like, kill myself, too. So, like, here's some you money, and then I'll just walk away. In like, my hometown, there's a lot of robberies and murders, because um, a widow or, like, an, a lady would be stranded on the side of the road, and someone would offer her a ride and be like, can I take you somewhere? And she'd be like, yeah, yeah. And as soon as they would pull up and the girl would be dropped off, a whole bunch of guys just came out, stole everything, beat up the guy to a pulp, and this happened multiple times. Jeez. So, yeah, guys, fear is a gift, and you should always trust your intuition. I mean, you know, if you're fearful for your own self-preservation, that is something you should definitely listen to all the time, even if you just think you're being paranoid. Because, I mean, in my instance, in, you know, Yvonne's stories, JC's stories, you should always, always, always consider it and, like, trust your intuition, guys. Just, I know, (laughs) I know, like... Like with mine, I was like, why, why did I just deny someone a hug? But no, I, I'm glad I did. That was a really good idea. Um, and so then on a short end of show caveat, um, we, it's, I don't know if how many of you guys are 18 already or going to be 18 before the election in November, um, but we just wanted to really encourage you guys to register to vote and to actually vote. Um, so if you, if you want to do that, you can do that online, or there are a lot of places, like I know at my college, um, they have like people signing, signing people up right outside. Um, and then uh, something really cool that I thought I would mention, because I'm not really aware of politics. I'm, I know I'm like older than 18, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not very knowledgeable about it. So something that I found that I thought I would tell you guys about, it's called isidewith.com. And it basically is like a little intro to politics political like stands and it helps you identify um which candidate and which parties you you agree with mostly so from there it's really good it's really cool it tells you who does what and what you you're agreeing with um, and it's always important to be knowledgeable of your country and help make it a better place and do your duty as a citizen to yeah vote. so you can um do your research from there but we just want to make sure you guys get out and vote and make your voice heard all right, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to the Paper Hope Street team on the Voice America Kids Network. Tune in next week to hear us talk about superstition. Um, hit <coughs> us up on Twitter, Paper Hope Teen, or Paper Hope Blog, I believe, too. And on Facebook, same thing. Um, well, see you guys next week. Well, not see you. But Toodaloo. You Bye, know. guys. You know. Bye. Remember my Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We continue to cry for help, and all you can do is laugh? Love it. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Hey, thanks for listening to the Paper Hope Street Team. Be sure to check out the blog at paperhope.com for more during the week. And we hope to see you again next Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bye for now.